citizens of the verse. Today is February 15th, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts. Um, if you couldn't tell, based on the background noise, that reassuring background noise, he's back. It's Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everybody. It's very <laughs> quiet here in this. At least I think so. <laughs> well, if you ever listen to your own podcast, <laughs> you would know everybody hears it. <laughs> um, and of course, our trio, our trinity, our triad, our triumvirate would not be complete without the man who likes to give orgs abandonment issues. Hello, Mr. Seagard <laughs> Olsen. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I am here. I am back. I have been to the mountain called New Jersey, and I have met the god named Chekhov. <laughs> we have physically met and shaken hands. Two ships that have crashed into each other in the dark in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Notice how they were one state away and didn't bother to visit someone in New York? Yeah, yeah we're both afraid of New York. <laughs> I just chalk it up to you guys were busy with work stuff. We actually were. We actually Mm. did, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, sorry, I was sipping some tea. I'm a little under the weather, so hence my super sexy voice right now. Um, Yes. Don't worry, not COVID this time. Well, uh, I guess, gentlemen, what have you been up to this past week in the verse? Seaguard, what have you been doing? I was kind of out for the week, so I didn't get to do. Uh, you know, I was up in a hotel, and my laptop just isn't ready to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Citizen, but uh, I did do uh, basically nothing. And then when I came back, I uh, did nothing, and I just <laughs> got on really for the first time today. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, well, what did you do uh, today? I just got on, and I took out my Nomad and picked up some Laronite. And uh, I was actually looking for a ground vehicle. I was going to load my rock up. And uh, couldn't find it, and uh, ended up at uh, picking up some Laronite. Oh, nice. So, yeah. uh, Mr. Chekhov, how about yourself? I think uh, not much. I don't, uh, did we record? No, we didn't. I wasn't on since Xenothreat, so I guess Xenothreat was my last sort of a big event in the verse. But outside of that, not much at all has been off also for quite a while okay yeah i myself sadly to say i had not played in between recordings um and didn't really play xenothreat at all uh so you know not much to talk about Uh, i did play that i mean uh, prior to uh going out i did that i enjoyed it i had a very good time doing it and um uh you know i did turret work mostly and i had a blast doing it Excellent. Yeah. Well, um, we had some, uh, I would say, extensive content last week. Or at least I think so. Uh, ISC uh, was essentially a 10-minute sprint report with uh, a look at the Reclaimer derelict components. Essentially, they're building out what they're calling a derelict zoo. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I definitely liked it. Yeah. Super interesting. Uh, we got to look at we got to look at advanced traversal opportunities within space stations in the pyro system. 
This gives players tactical opportunities in addition to accessing potentially useful or valuable loot. We got a look at small and medium-sized hangars that will eventually be implemented in the space stations of Stanton, as well as a uh, extensive look at some test icons that they might be using for the reputation system and building that out. Those icons included one for bounty hunting, mining, emergency response, racing, espionage, security, salvage, medicine, assassination, hired muscle, kidnapping, hauling, smuggling, and theft. Um, so pretty extensive. I'm sure some of those are sooner going to be implemented than later. And Jared did mention that we'll be learning more about that as well as the corresponding missions associated with those uh, further down the line. There was also a look at a sanity pass that they did on the RSI Mantis's cockpit, which looks a lot better in terms of the lighting, uh, but is also more performative. Uh, and it was also mentioned that uh, CIG uses things like polishing lighting and fixing lighting as training opportunities for newer employees, which I think is cool. Um, we got to look at executive offices being built for potential future missions on Orison. Uh, final art of the Vulture exterior. We got more MISC A, Hull A final art, which includes all the d- little decals, decorations, etc., as well as the contracting cargo grid. More merchantman white box. Um, while it's given its alien shape, it is still hard to tell what's going on, but it looks like the upper turret's going to be really interesting, uh, as well as a sh- Banu shrine in their habitation. Um, and then the last thing we saw was a look at derelict colonial outposts and the outpost derelict zoo which they mentioned would initially be used to hand place derelicts and then eventually will become systematic yeah i liked that stuff a lot because to me it leads to uh alien ruins and all sorts of stuff right yeah yeah exactly and they look cool and i guess pyro's older than stanton by quite a bit too so i didn't realize that i didn't know that bit of lore um well, Seagard, anything else from that episode that stood out to you? How'd you feel about the episode? Well, I like the I, I like that episode. Um, I like the vulture a lot. Um, you know, it kind of on the inside. It seems, um, like the the crew area. I mean, they didn't show a lot of it, but it doesn't it doesn't seem anything more extravagant than maybe a pioneer's interior, right? Um, mm. it's certainly not a raft level of interior, uh, but there, the area below, uh, where the back ramp is. Mm-hmm. And I thought that with the, um, ability to basically, the, like the conveyor system where the scrap would be converted into what looked like blocks maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and stored below. I, they didn't show that. And I'm very intrigued to see how that goes together. Are you going oh, to have yeah. to pick up the scrap, move it downstairs? How's that going to work? Um, I, yeah. They did show it in a previous... I mean, they didn't show the function of it in a previous episode. Did they? But they, but they showed the actual machine, what it looks like. 
I saw the machine like it looked like a trash trash compactor kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But but this week was just the exterior of the vulture. Oh, okay, I thought I thought maybe I was just thinking of the other one too. But that, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I think the vulture is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's yeah. going to be pretty amazing, no doubt about it. And, yeah, it's uh, going to be exciting. Yeah, so I liked that, and I definitely liked um, the Banu Merchantman was interesting because I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, I thought about getting it for a while, but decided not to. But I have to admit, the way that it it's shaping up, no pun intended, is different than i would have thought yeah much blockier more smooth panels instead of textures like ribs and things on the outside um yeah yeah and i and i don't know what the color schemes are going to be you know when i look at the you know the the current banu you know um defender Mm -hmm. you know it's ornate it's kind of like something you'd expect out of greece or egypt right um, I don't know the, how that's going to blend with the Banu ship. Almost looks like a different style. I have a feeling once we get final art, we'll see a lot more of those textures. I think on the inside, I don't know so much the outside. It looks like the outside they're going for a little sleeker look. Right. Um, besides the more sort of like alien shape. Yeah, that's that, and that's kind of the you know I would have thought there was much more ribs and. On the outside of the ship, more textures and mm. and maybe maybe the outside right now is kind of a decoy, right? Maybe it's an inner shell. We're not seeing the yeah. full shape. So, Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Exciting. Yeah. And who knows when it comes in the game, but when it does, I'm sure plenty of people are gonna be extremely happy. Um what about yourself, Chekhov? Did you get a chance to see the episode? What no, I didn't, I didn't watch it, but uh sounds like it's definitely going I have to go back and watch it since they had a number of things that I'm really interested in. Yeah. The, uh, the, speaking of derelicts, though, I did uh, take a few missions, so found them in the game. They were kind of cool. Oh, you good. Know, definitely, I hope they expand on it. So it has a lot of good possibilities there, that's for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I, I've i heard... I haven't found them yet because I haven't taken the missions. Maybe that's the next thing I'll do in-game. Um, but I do think... Um, I, I, I heard that they're sort of a cleaner... Not cleaner, a, bet, a more immersive experience than before. Yeah, it's more challenging. I mean, you got to find things and... Uh... You know, you can get hurt, you can get blown up. Yes, it, it, it's, it's more fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, my my feeling, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, personally, uh, I think the... I'm excited for the Vulture. I think the other thing that I really liked was the the reputation system iconography. One, the fact that they're already... I looking, forgot about that. Yeah. They're already looking at all those different icons, and they're. I was worried that the the professions that we would have would be more limited, but it looks like they're really building out some some cool ways to track things. Uh, don't get worried, folks. Science and exploration will most definitely mm-hmm. still have reputation system stuff. It's just so far away. Compared so the trans, I mean, transportation was there. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's cool. Uh, after uh, that, we got Star Citizen Live. Uh, and this week, this past week, was the Planet Content team. Uh, and so they talked to all things planets and such. Uh, they talked about rivers and how they're going to be showing up in the next few weeks on ISC. So stay tuned for that because they didn't really go into rivers that much because of right. that. Uh, they confirmed that there's going to be lava, but the river tech is really what they're going to be using to make the lava uh, rivers as well. Um, it's also still the plan. I didn't know it was a plan, but it is a plan to enable underwater exploration. Mm. Um and they mentioned how they want underwater exploration to be just as diverse and robust as above water exploration. So that's that's interesting. They are exploring storms and lightning with the long-term goal of having them interact in real time and also eventually move towards pr- procedural weather, which will be based on the environmental conditions on the planet. Um, for those who also don't know, only the clouds on Crusader and Microtech currently use volumetric cloud tech they'll um it's sort of on the back burner to put it on other locations but they will eventually start to migrate the other clouds over to that as well uh long term they want to have multi-biome planets with more diverse biomes than than what we're currently seeing in game uh you know they don't want to pull a star wars and have a single biome planet for every planet right um they also plan on introducing some planets that won't be reachable by certain ships uh, or uh, on the surface might not be traversed by certain types of vehicles. Uh, they haven't been thinking much about quicksand as of right now. Um, with future tech, they do plan or, or think they'll have the ability to introduce larger cliffs. The team's also very interested in bringing different types of caves into the game, including ice and lava caves and many more. And roads are still being worked on. Um, and by the way, roads, I don't think, I don't recall if they mentioned it in the show, but roads and river tech are almost the same thing. They're using the same tech mm-hmm. to build both. So they'll probably come in at around the same time. Uh, thoughts on the episode Seaguard? Did you, did you watch it? I did watch a lot of it. I mean, I had to kind of move through it. It was fairly um, dense. Yeah, fairly dense. Uh, but I, I found it interesting. Uh, like, just one point that I thought was, you know, a lot of it was very interesting. The lava and, and um, certainly a planet that you know was kind of like um, you know, stargate Atlantis with the city floating on the water. I would love to see. Uh, the part that kind of got me was they actually mentioned their limitations that they want to do more, especially around the clouds and things. They just mm-hmm. can't do it because of the object technology right now. They're just limited by, you know, basically, you know, the server meshing is really what it comes down to. Like they can only push out so much. Every mm-hmm. team wants to push out something to showcase what they're doing, but they're limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. We haven't heard that before. So Yeah, yeah definitely. And it's like, you know, clearly they're not performative um, and it's going to be hard to get them to be if we have a single server for every single thing in, in Stanton. So, right. Um, what about you check off? I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild guess. You didn't watch the longer episode of the two. 
You're absolutely correct. <laughs> I'm so good. <laughs> Anything about that um, episode sound interesting to you, Chekhov? No, Anything I'm really more, most excited about? For roads more so than the rivers. but uh, I, And I'm not even sure. Do you think they're going to come out with the rivers first? I mean, as many ground vehicles as we have, I'm almost thinking they're going to probably get the roads going, or is it all about lava? Well, my question would be, what what's the point of a road if there's nowhere to go? Well, uh, we could. I mean, I guess it's a little bit far of a hike going from one post to another. Yeah. But, I'm, I mean, theoretically, you can if there's a road. The reason why we don't do it now, because it's hard to find your way, but if a road, if you, you know, distinctly leads there, you know, may not be that bad of a trip. Yeah. Well, and we also don't know. I mean, obviously, some of populating the game will be players because we'll build outposts and things like that. And we might be able to connect outposts with roads or something. Who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure they could at the very least build a racetrack. Uh, I would imagine, so they did mention, one one thing that I didn't mention in the overview that I found interesting was they said that Lava was planned for Pyro, but that it likely wouldn't make it into the game before Pyro did. And I wonder, you know, Jared mentioned in this episode, and people were sort of giving him a little flack in chat about how, he keeps saying the road to Pyro. Right. And how he said, yes, this is the road to Pyro. I'm not saying when Pyro is going to be released. I'm just saying that's a major focus of the PU teams right now is Pyro. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you, Does it still sound like at the very least they're trying to put out Pyro this year? I, I, I think they are. I think that yeah, I think that meshing is the main. You know, there's a lot of things planned, but mm-hmm. without meshing, not much is going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, you could mock it up so that you go between Pyro and Stanton and back and forth, but you know, who's going to hang around Stanton if you can go to Pyro? I mean, probably well, me. <laughs> yeah, a, it all depends what what if there's anything to do, or actually, what can you do in Pyro? If it's all hostile and you're doing like, you know, PvP and uh, that that kind of stuff, a lot of people will stay back and stand. I feel I mean, like everybody will explore once, but no doubt. I feel like the thing that's going to make Pyro more compelling to go through is when they release Nyx because you have to get go through Pyro to get to Nyx. Right, to get to Nyx. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's like when, when Orison came out, right? Yeah. And we couldn't wait till Orison comes out. Whoever goes to Orison. <laughs> hey, yeah. right there. Yeah. But Orison wouldn't be so bad. They need to create more compelling reasons to go there. And I'm sure they will eventually. It's just when and how. And I think the important thing is they should take the time now right we've got teams crafting new planets and everything and it sounds like it sounds like if server meshing ends up being the success that we hope it is then 
we will be getting a lot of content um, over almost every patch because they're pretty much almost done with Nix. They'll probably they're probably already working on another system as well. Um, so it just seems like a matter of time, and I think we'll probably see whole systems. Maybe not every patch, but almost every patch. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays Unfolds. out. Unfolds. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So this week, I forgot to pull up this info before recording, so I feel a little stupid. But that's all right. It takes 30 seconds to, to look it up. So this week, uh, ISC is going to be uh, looking at the progress of planetary nav mesh, which for those who don't know is to allow NPCs to move around the planet, mm-hmm. um, as well as the new DNA head textures update that's coming. Uh, we also have, unfortunately, a game dev episode, but on the plus side it is where we get to watch the props team create something new for the upcoming pyro stations. So maybe that's kind of going to be a little interesting at least. Um, and then we also will have a roadmap update this week, which brings me to my next topic. Uh, Cody and I talked about it a bit last week, but we haven't congregated since then. How do you guys feel about the whole roadmap drama? Um, Seaguard? Uh, uh, I'm okay with it. I mean, you know, a lot of effort goes into maintaining that stuff for people, mm. you know, and then a lot of people go around and just beat the crap out of them, you know. Yeah. But I get it. It's a distractor. It's a morale killer uh, for their team. And, that you know, and they're our team. They, they, we want them to succeed. Mm. Um, you know, we've got time and money invested where I think some of the some of the some of the drama is just people being, you know, um, I don't know. I, I I don't have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what those people would be, but less than understanding of the, uh, I guess, less than understanding of the difficulties. Mm. What about mm. you, Chekhov? Well, can we can we re- recap the drama? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so for those who didn't listen to last week's episode or, or who haven't been paying attention to the drama, which it's getting harder and harder because there's so many content creators who are normally, maybe not white knights necessarily, but normally a little bit more on the positive side, um, who are really pissed right now. Um, the last roadmap update essentially stated instead of instead of what we were hoping for which was fleshing out the rest of the year or at least another quarter and sort of giving us what we what to expect this year instead of doing that there was a big long post essentially saying we are getting rid of a year long release view and only focusing on the next quarter and so we'll only get to see a quarter at a time they're stopping at 318 so they're not going to update it after 318 until we've already gotten 318 and then they'll show us 319. Um, But what I think, I think people were mad at that, but they were also annoyed because 
there was a section of the update that essentially took a little bit of a tone in the sense that it made it sound like the reason they did it was because backers complain so much. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so as, as the Seaguard said, the morale of the developers and all that stuff um, apparently t- took a hit and they don't like feeling like they're delaying things. And so rather than focus on that, they're just going to keep the progress track tracker. And then we'll, we'll get a quarterly release for the next quarter. So that's sort of the change. So, so how do you feel about it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's perfectly okay. I'd rather be more accurate, which quarter is accurate. Uh, a lot more so than the whole year with movement, and you can't really blame them. A, that that, that gives them more opportunity, I guess, to be uh, fully transparent and stay accurate at the same time. So there are no disappointments where we see stuff coming on, moving off, you know, and uh, this we look, you know, what's coming and most likely. Well, they should, you know, if they do this, I, I would have to say then stick to that quarter. Yeah, you know? like you got to, well, they, they sort of made it sound as though they won't start adding things until they're very certain. Right, right. Like maybe then, there should be less movement in the quarter coming up in theory. But, you know, that's what they said when they said it's tentative. Yeah, and I'm okay with that as long as that comes true. So, you know, I, I guess a few things that, that came that came to my mind that even people like morphologists have been saying. And morph I mean morphologist can be critical, but he's not usually super critical. He's usually pretty I mean, he's balanced usually, but at the same time he leans a little bit, not white knight, but definitely someone who skews less critical of CIG. You know, he was saying, you know, I understand that, but how are we supposed to hold them accountable for things that they say they're going to deliver if we don't get to see what they deliver? Because the progress tracker is a poor example of anything besides this is when a feature is being worked on, but it doesn't actually show us delivery dates or even target delivery dates or even when we could remotely expect something to come in the game. It's just when something's being worked. So, you know, how do we as backers, which some of some of which have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on the game, how do we hold their feet to the fire in a way that's meaningful? Well, I, I don't know that you can, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the nature of the game. Is Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have necessarily donated the money to do what he's doing now. And that does change the paradigm. I get that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're... It's not like we don't have anything, and um, I would, I would, I would say it's hard. It would be hard. I would be hard pressed to say that the pieces that they have delivered are less than spectacular. They're all yeah. very, very top notch. If not, you know, they're they're still buggy, but even for a beta, they're hell. They're better than some games, right? Right off, you know, off the shelf. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I don't. I don't think that type of relationship exists in this situation. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm one of those people that sort of feels like 
it sort of feels like you're telling the entire class that they're in timeout because there were three people screaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I, I agree. Terminology is tough and, uh, you know, Yuri and I both wrestle with it as in the field that we're in. And I sure, I'm sure you do too. I mean, you know, the whole messaging thing to your client, it's tough. Oh, I, I definitely think I do question if they actually Check spoke off, to a PR person based on the, what they wrote. Um, and also cause it felt like a really big bandaid tear. I'm mostly just disappointed more than anything. Cause I wanted to get a sense of, you know, what could be coming now. Here's my alternate question. Do we think this plays into, and I asked Cody this too, um, last week, do we think this plays into anything having to do with trying to get Squadron 42 out the door and minimizing negative press? Oh, I would definitely say so. I would definitely say so. Because I do believe we're going to see Squadron 42 sooner than we think. I've been saying that for five years, but... Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, the Squadron 42 is going to lay the way for the MMO. Yeah. Right. People who are space gamers who play elite or anything else may not have bought into Star Citizen yet. Well, when it comes time to look for that new game and they see Squadron 42, they're going to buy it. And if it's it, you know, if it's as good as let's say Call of Duty and its storyline, which it appears that it will be, and um, you know, it will suck people in for the MMO. Yeah. Well, and here's hoping the MMO is fleshed out enough by the time that happens that it's not a yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm you know, and I'm heavily invested, so I am all for it. But uh, I, I also think if I think about it, I think the big thing is, I think part of it could be they don't know when it's going to turn to 4.0, and they're afraid of putting up anything that looks predictive of that. You know what I mean? Like, right. because we know that server meshing could be anywhere between Q3 and Q4, ideally. Right. That's their target, and that's what they, they reasonably expect. That also means that Pyro could be coming anywhere between those quarters, too. I'm leaning more towards the end of the year, um, but who knows? I think if I think they're afraid of putting that scale of like, you know, 3.0 is delayed kind of scale of disappointment right. out there again. But do you think, do you think that for, what do you think 4.0 is going to be? Just the official beta? No, I think it's just going to be the first time we have a jump point in game that takes us to a new system. That's pretty much what they said 4.0 is. So when Pyro comes out, Pyro comes out in 4.0. Okay, so it's, at least that's what they've said in the past. It's not like it's six months you know, later we're going to get a full-fledged shelf game and you know, the MMO no. and everything else. So No, but I think, I think now they've created this. I think they've created this image. And, and you can see Jared sort of subtly tamp this out down over, the, over content over the past few years. Is they've sort of created this specter of a pro not a problem but a bottleneck of all bottlenecks being 
um, server meshing. Yes. And because of that, you get this whole idea that I think people have in their head, including myself, that once that problem solved, things are going to start moving real fast. Um, I have a funny feeling, probably not as fast as we'd like. That's what I think. You know, I don't, the game's never going to be as fast as we would like. But guess what? It's still going to be a great game. I think the matter of if they can improve the experience and they can release regular content and continue to flesh out the places that we're already going to, I I could see the game having four systems but for full, like fully or close to fully fleshed out systems with gameplay loops and systemic missions and things, I can see that being way more fun than if they decide to keep releasing systems, but there's nothing in them. Well, so, you know. Very much so. It'll be an interesting balance to see how they handle that over the coming years. Um, excellent. Any, anyone want to comment anything else on the roadmap changes? Right. Um, our roadmap definitely not. I think we beat that horse, but I don't know. I'm just still thinking about the the server map. I mean, do you still? I I know they talk about server meshing and must have for other systems, but why why can't you have Pyre without server meshing? So I don't think it's the question of why can't you have it without server meshing. They could totally have it without server meshing. Um. I think the challenge is it can't coexist with Stanton on the same server. So you'd have to literally select a new server. Stanton right now is, I mean, if you really think about it, they've been adding more and more content and yet the game's been getting a little bit more and more performative. Um, No, no, I get that. But jump can take you to a different server. Yes. but But that could legitimately be static server meshing. Okay. The so, question is how they di- it's so they won't be able to dynamically scale off the start. So they'll have to decide how to break up servers. I'm I would imagine they'll break up servers based on planets and what's around planets to start with. So I I, I would imagine we'll have several servers to instantiate Stanton and its surrounding area. And that's when even the gameplay and the content within Stanton can increase. So I think I have come up with a question now, but I don't want to forget mm-hmm. that I'd like to use for this week's question. Mm-hmm. So this is a balancing question. It's a, a question between balance. Would you rather, as a player now, see more things in one, like in Stanton, like salvage and, you know, the economy and and the, you know, transaction systems and all the back-end capabilities that make this the system seem more alive and immersive on and have less people on a server let's say they they could do that and drop it down to 20 people on a server instead of 50 people on a server um, or would you rather see multiple systems like pyro and stanton and maybe one other and have those Things such as salvage and um, and all these other capabilities are going to come on like the like the economy come on slower. 
that's you know, good. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you up front, I would rather have one system with more capability in that system and give them the time to develop Pyro and you know all these other places. Here's the question, Seagard, and maybe this is the thing I think would be useful to create a meaningful change. Because in my mind, it sounds like, like based on your question, I don't think anyone's going to go one way or the other. But in the scenario where you have more than one system, you have ex- exponentially more players as well. Yes. Right? You so do. You do. So option A is one system fully fleshed out, you know, tons of options, less players. The option B is multiple systems, maybe not nearly, maybe fleshed out as it is today, but with many, many more players. And then systems will come online after that. Because I think that's a dramatic, you know, because people who like player-generated content might go one way versus the other. Yep. Uh, I, I think, think that's the, the question okay. I'd like to ask this week. I mean, perfect. so, so if anyone's yeah, listening, that's question. the question. Perfect. Um, I'd also like to know, so we can ask two questions this week. I'd like to know how people, how other people felt about the roadmap changes. Um, not just us. Uh, so I'll, I'll add that in as well. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I'm, I, well, I think that's it. good. You're going to uh, get a lot of answers on that. Yes, one. hopefully. Uh, so that leads us good fellows to tips and tricks and Esgar submitted a tip or trick via, um, uh, discord. He said the remote turret on the back of the cutlass steel, a Drake modified Toshima turret can be swapped to the pilot controlled weapons of the hurricane. So you can have two size two guns on one side. The turret once removed from the steel cannot go back, however, so be warned. Um, thanks, Eskar. That's a uh, good one. Any any tips from you guys? Anything, Seaguard, uh, come to mind? Yeah, yeah. When I was playing uh, the um, Pirate Swarm, or not Pirate Swarm, the um, um, Xenos Xenos Threat, and I was doing all that turret gunnery. Um, I really found that staggering my fire made my capacitors last longer. Oh, really? Yeah. I really, I, I, you know, I was firing a lot in, you know, both at the same time, but I did find myself occasionally running out of power. And when I went back to staggered mode or went to staggered mode, I was found it was pretty darn good. I could stay running for much, much longer with less, much less downtime. I find I hit more too. Yeah, I, I think uh, I do think that's probably true. Um, I think you spread your shot over a distance, and you, yeah, you know it's not either hit or miss. It's pro- it's more hit hit with a smaller shot more often, but not the full value we get normally. Yeah. Um, what about you? Check off any tips or tricks? No, not this week. Yeah. I was not really, as you could see, very unprepared for this one. Chekhov was not ready, which is probably why he tried to convince me to to record tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's okay. I'm having a lot of fun mining by myself. (laughs) 
Uh, and that brings us to everybody's favorite segment for science. Now let's see if it loops. Mm, oh my didn't. lord, you did it. Well, look at that. For science is the segment where we test out aspects of the game, um, maybe even go on a mission to find something in particular. Maybe you want to go find Benny's, uh, Benny Henge or whatever. Um, and so we got one submission this week from Brillo Cubis. And he said, one of the members of Parlay House posted that they got a $5 discount for owning the um, Consolidated Outland Nomad. As an experiment, I melted my Cutlass Black game package. I then got a Nomad game package to see if I could pick up the Hover token for 20 bucks. It still showed up as $25, so I bought one and then CCU'd the Nomad back to the Cutty Black. Now looking at my ship upgrade options, the Hover token... Value shows as thirty dollars. Hmm. So it wasn't a discount per se. It sounds like he kind of got an extra five bucks somehow or something. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's what kind of meant. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. Did anyone else do anything for science? But but that is science. How do you? You know, make uh, out of one dollar five. I heard that somebody, someone posted in in the Discord the other day. There was a path to get to like a seventy five dollar Carrick. Really, something crazy. I'm like, uh, I don't believe it, but um, I don't pay enough attention to the CCU game to know one way or another because I try to avoid I, doing it, and then I just make rash purchases. You know, maybe we should do that with an episode on that because I don't even understand how that works. It's just based on it's it's based on the value of the current ship. So, like for instance, technically, when I bought my Carrick, it was three hundred and fifty dollars. But now, when I CCU, um, I get the value of the ship. Oh, you do. So, so not for whatever it's currently selling for warbond or how does that work yeah so i think it's worth six hundred dollars now if i were if i had kept that carrick and not melted it and bought a pack with the money i melted that includes a carrick if i ccu'd that ship i would have saved uh 250 dollars on the ccu so i think that's what it what it is i'm not 100 percent certain if anyone knows please clarify for us because i don't want to sound too dumb um, but I think that's the way it works. And I guess there's certain paths where you might get something discounted. I, I have no idea, actually. I have no idea why it, why it works in some instances. Um, besides that initial example that I provided. Um, so last week we didn't have Seaguard's question because we didn't have Seaguard. But Cody felt like he could posit the not Seaguard question of the week. Oh, that's good. Um, and so we took the question that he asked of us the week prior and passed it off as a question from him. So Cody asked, if CIG had no choice and could only add or concept one more ship to the game before fi- finalizing the roster, what should it be? Is there something missing from our current list of in-game concept sh- slash concept ships 
that's needed for a future gameplay loop. So essentially what Cody's asking for is, are we missing, is there a ship that doesn't, do we not have a ship either concepted or in game right now that handles a loop? Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, what, the, the whole, existing but, loop, you mean, or future loops? Any, any future loops any. in the game. Okay. So for instance, like, and he's talking about, he's talking about a ship that, in other words, if it's in concept right now, he's not talking about that. Okay. Um, I, I think I some people. Have, I would have said the Crusader or the Genesis. Oh, I'm sorry, Crusader, Genesis, or um, what was the one I said before that? Um, anyway, Crusader, Genesis. So a lot of people read or read that question the same way you did, Seaguard. Um but since the Genesis is in concept, it's it's a it's a ship that they'll be adding to the game. Right. So, so it's really it essentially, if I were to ask it, I would say, are we missing any gameplay loops right now? Whether a ship yeah. is in concept or in or in game. Um, but why don't we go through the answers here? Uh, Boris Kraken says, "I'd love to say Kraken, but to cover it best, the Endeavor." Um, are you losing my mind? The game needs a small tra- passenger transport, as in an entry-level career ship alternative to the Crusader Starliner. Something small with a handful of jump seats and some luggage space. Think just a little bigger than the 300i in size, with a business class passenger cabin rather than the living quarters, and a separate entrance for the pilot and passengers, as well as a lockable door between the cockpit and the cabin. Um, Sneeland, a.k.a. Einvine, said a Titan-sized ship that also doubles as a traveling noodle and soup shop. <laughs> VM, yeah. VMZO says, I say the Crusader shuttle should be flyable in game for this. Um, I'm guessing he's either he's saying a shuttle or the Starliner. I'm not 100% sure, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you losing my mind? Said at VMZO. Problem is, it's not built out for that. There's no court cargo base for luggage, and I imagine it has no or very little cargo space. But a slightly modified version of that shuttle would be perfect. Skeletor two hundred two says, "I say a dreadnought-sized ship that not only acts like a fl- flagship for orgs, but transforms into a huge military base on planets." that have been claimed by the org and house repair fuel etc other small ships or cargo haulers to help maintain and protect the whole operation plus the only way to reclaim the planet would be to either destroy or force the flagship dreadnought off to flee or, uh, to flee off the planet rather or a death star just kidding lol um nick said nick norell said sounds vaguely like the kraken the thing can act as a mobile base with reasonable crew and support ships. Eskar said, I'd like to see a dedicated boarding ship, something like a mining slash salvaging ship that can latch onto a ship, cut a hole, and move people into said ship. All somewhat quickly and reasonably safe, at least for the boarding party. Perhaps a new cutlass steel with tractor beams and laser cutters for the door gunners. I would think it would I think it would offer exciting gameplay as well as hard to counter just running a skeleton crew on the largest possible ship. 
Um, that's actually an interesting one that I hadn't thought of a dedicated boarding ship. I did feel like we had everything in game. Um, anything else you guys want to, uh, mention? Um, you know, I, you know, one thing we don't have that we, is a barge, a tollable barge. So essentially like a platform that only holds, um, Or, or cargo or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you could haul it with something else, like an SRV or, um, you know, something of that line. It's not intended to go down to a planet. You know, it moves from place to place and uses a low-cost option to pull it. Yeah. Huh. Because then you really could steal them, right? You could pull in, hook up with a tractor beam, and drive it away. Yeah. they're all over, like, the rivers, right? I mean, rivers use them. All the time, and huh, I yep. hadn't and, thought of that. And the small uh, submergibles for the for the rivers. Yeah, I mean, if they if they do plan underwater exploration, we don't have submergibles yeah. in game yet, and who knows if ships will? I doubt they'll let let us use ships for that. I feel like that'll be a decision to put on your ship type of vehicle. Um. Cool. So that brings us to our Q and a first question is from, are you losing my mind? And he says, how do y'all make enough? Oh no, wait, that, that was answered last week, but why don't I, why don't I do it again anyway? Cause it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, are you losing my mind said, how do y'all make enough money to get enough for a ship? Seems like to me I end up spending money as often as I make it because I die at least two or three times a play session. <laughs> I need to replace all my essentials, med pens, weapons, ammo. Even buying the cheapest stuff, it seems I spend almost as much as I take in and it can take days just to get to 100K. Naked, uh, naked. Walk around naked like I do. <laughs> there you go. You could streak like Chekhov. Well, that's why they're adding those hangers. Oh, by the way, just randomly, sorry, tangent, and then we'll get back to it. People are all complaining about, or some people are complaining about the fact that they're moving away from landing pads and moving to hangers. And they're saying, oh, but it's so much faster with um, with the landing pads and the hangers take so long. And I totally understand, guys. But the reason being is the way they're setting up the cargo system to work. Yeah. They need the hangar in order to help with that. And the other reason is, well, there's there's two other reasons now. One, they can't occlude your ship, a.k.a. another object that's causing performance issues if it's on a pad. And finally... Um, they don't want to have ships popping in randomly. Um, although I have to say, I never see ships pop in. <laughs> I only see them pop out. Um, so anyway, uh, what what do you think, Seaguard? Oh my god, my brain just fried, and I was going to say check off. How do you make enough money to get a ship in game? Uh, you know, I I started hauling um, from Yella. To area 18, it's a short run, but uh, with smaller ships, you got to carry the more, you know, expensive stuff mm-hmm. until you can get to that next ship. Uh, the other one is, you know, I often, you know, if I need to make money, I go do something on someone else's crew and run one of the 
the missions like he did with Xenothreat. Um, I started, in fact, with my alternate character. I started uh, the first Xenothreat uh, with 384 credits. And within less than four minutes, I was already at 60,000 credits. And by the end of the two hours, or at the end of the yeah, two hours, it's about 200,000 credits. So, so there you go. I would say that's crew play. Um, you know, you know, if you're really struggling to make money, come on down and see us. We're always doing something. Um, you know, we'll, we'll help you. We'll, um, friends do work. Um, it does work out. And, uh, and, uh, Try the, you know, if you if you really want to do it yourself, uh, try the, the you, know, you can even contact me. I'll give you a route. I don't want to give it away to everybody, but I'll give you a route. You can run some uh, runs with even like an Aurora and slowly get yourself up probably into an Avenger pretty quick. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Checky McCheckoff. Well, the only true route is still mining. Right now, it's, it's there is. I mean, you you gotta get to a. You, you can even make it with a rented rented prospector. At the beginning, it's the margins are gonna be less. So if you have nothing, you rent the prospector. You do it that way, or it's the first ship you buy in game or or for cash, and that's you know, kind of the route. And you know, uh, a lot of people tell you it's the prospector and then a mall. I mean, uh, you know, so you, you're talking about really, really building up that cash really quick. Yeah. You know? But but again, it, you have to practice. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be good at it. You know, some people take the bounty route. You know, you can get up there with bounties and, uh, and do it that way also. Uh, cargo is just tough because car- cargo is, uh, is, is, is riskier. Because you can, you know, lose the investment. Yeah, I I find though it's not as risky as it used to be. Um, but yeah, like 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 we always say, the only thing you lose, the, the thing you risk with mining is time. Whereas right. you you actually risk investment when you're cargo hauling. Um, yeah. I still like to do that to build up my my finances, but that's me. And then the group missions are always fun i find just go out with a group or ask around you know there are more than enough people who own a mole who would happily fly around with you and split profits and if you don't have a mining ship and um that way you don't have to even put in the investment for better mining heads and you can have fun group play and you can make decent amount of money Maybe not as much as you would if you were doing it by yourself, but still, you could do pretty well. Um, Mr. Mavros said, I got a question here. Now we have to rely on the progress tracker to see the advances in development. How reliable is it? I mean, if I enter Pyro in the browser, it says that the jump point, jump point spacescaping is ready since early February. Is it? How can we tell? Does it mean that it's already in the game? Does it mean that if we go for an explore, exploring mission, we'll be able to find it like we found INS Jericho the first time? All that seems unlikely, but it makes me think how reliable this progress tracker really is. 
What are your thoughts, Seagard? Seagard? Uh-oh. Sorry, was well, on mute. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like, did something happen to Seagard? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, 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 I don't use too much of the progress tracker. So, um, for, you know, I, I don't, and I also don't put a lot of faith in, if, in fact, if I see, you know, let's say there's a hundred things on there, I would expect no more than 50 to make it to production. So I mm. have always taken it with a grain of salt. Mm. What about you, Chekhov? Uh, same here, you know. It, I mean, i just uh, happy when, when we get new things. I'm happy to see the patch come and what comes with the patch. You know, I take it. And if it didn't make it, it didn't make it. I just kind of don't really stress too much over it, you know. Mm. I, I think to answer... Really directly, Mavros, I don't think the progress tracker is useful in knowing anything about where the development actually is because we don't know if it's the last thing needed for said deliverable to be implemented in game. There are several things that contribute to server meshing. And if you happen to know what all of those different deliverables are and you know what team is at the end of the pipeline in order to launch said deliverable, then you might be able to predict when they're targeting it, for instance. Um, the other thing, Mavros, is that while while jump points might be possible to, to create today, they might not be possible to implement because of server meshing, for instance. Now, that being said, you lead me to something that we, we've all, uh, well, those who noticed that episode with the refueling mechanic in the game um there was a a moment where they pulled up the star map and eagle eye viewers as there are apparently people who are way geekier than i um so i don't know what you'd call them but i have noticed that there is a in that video there is a um waypoint to a jump point between Microtech and Lorville, which is something that has been posited for a while now on Leaks Discord that we would see jump points before we saw a second system. Um, so a lot of people are hoping that a jump point comes out between the two in 317. I would imagine it'll come out this year at some point, or it's just for internal testing. But um, my my hypothesis, and I could be completely wrong, is they might use it before they implement Pyro as an internal test bed or a test bed either for us or internally um, to see if they can use uh, to, to test server meshing, essentially. That's my guess. So we'll see. Um, all right. So that's the last of our questions. We didn't get that many this week. Um, if you do have any questions, you can submit them by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle, citizencastsc, submit a message through Anchor, 
you could also join our citizen cast discord and, and interact with us there. There's sections for questions. Um, you can answer our questions. You can um, talk about what you did for science and submit tips and tricks. Uh, or you can text or leave a voicemail on our Google voice, which is 646-783-8154. Uh, if you are looking for a crew uh, or an org or just people to play play with in between your solo sessions of, of gameplay, uh, definitely take a look at the community over at Parlay House. It is a neutral zone where players of all types can hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best damn space sim the verse has to offer a link to the discord can be found in the show notes and certainly uh last but or i guess last but certainly not least uh take a look at some of the friends of the show who happen to also be content creators uh there are earth and snorkels youtube channels where you can find some great uh videos there earth is extremely informative when he's covering star citizen and any other game truthfully and then snorkel has some fun irreverent and and funny videos on youtube uh as well as you can listen to the music of admiral cody last week's guest and calibri um who both wrote some of the music for this episode uh as well as they have a whole soundtrack on their website uh, and that dear friends wraps up another episode of citizen cast Thank you, fellow citizens, for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey, good night. I uh, are gonna have music a, as I talk we, over it. We, and we're going to have a around. quiet outro? What's yeah. that? Are we going to have a quiet outro? No. No. Cody, Cody even wanted to talk over it last week because he was <laughs> like, you know... I really wanted to uh, feel like one of the cool kids. <laughs> and then uh, he also checked off to reference the sound uh, of that you make. He was telling me how he uh, essentially... Uh, the, uh, the other week, I needed him to fix the episode because for some reason, even though everyone started at the same time, it was not synced. So... He fixed it for us, which is what started the delays in the episodes. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and then he said, you know, I was really struggling with whether or not to include Chekhov's noises in the background. And he goes, <laughs> I left them. That's right. It would not be authentic without him. Thank you. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk as I float in space, having blown up an asteroid and blown out my engines.